Welcome to Anything But Routine. Before we start the podcast, we want to tell you about the Just For Kicks Coaches and Studio Owners Conference. This conference is designed for coaches and studio owners to learn from industry experts. You can network with other coaches and much more. This conference is hosted by Cindy Clow herself. If you want more info, please email us at support at justforkicks.com. Now to the podcast. So getting competitive and, you know, I, I, I don't feel I own the, or what am I trying to say, know it all when it comes to getting competitive, but I, I am a competitive person. And I think to be a good coach, you need to be a competitive person and you need to be thinking, how can I up what I did last year and how can I take it to the next level? And I hope some of you guys will share as well. But I, I really feel everything you do at practice has to have an intentional purpose. And the more organized you are, the better you're going to be at being competitive. Um, otherwise, you're just wasting your time, you're wasting your kids' time, and you're wasting their parents' time. So I'd rather get more done and practice less if possible. But having a plan is going to make you stronger. There's absolutely going to be times when that plan goes out the window and you deviate from it, but I think having a plan is great. I know a lot of coaches meet once a week. We don't. I wish we could. Um, we don't. Do, does everybody? Who does? I'm just curious. Nobody. Okay. By a lot of coaches, I mean Eastview. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know they do because Grace used to be one of my dancers, and she tells me they have Sunday night meetings. They do, you know. We do a lot by the seat of our pants, but we're veteran coaches, and I think you can do that when you get to that stage, but I also still feel you need a plan. So I feel being a great coach is exhausting, and if you're not getting exhausted, you might not be pushing hard enough, you know? You, there's, you've got to have that desire to be great. I think you got to, I think you got, that's me, no. Um, I think you've got to have I feel like I'm sometimes a little OCD, and I'm not really, but you, you need to be a, really driven to get to that point. You gotta be the one driving that, um, you know, push, pushing that group to go. You've gotta be the one that does it. Research, analysis, if you don't have the time to do all that, like just coming up with new things, you can assign it to kids, but you've gotta be driving it or it's not gonna happen. So, you know, my AD told me when I first started, great coaches turn the lights on and they turn the lights off. You got to be all in. I know Steve would like me to semi-coach and retire partially. And I go, you can't semi-coach. I could consult. You know, I could quit and consult and be there half the time, but I could not be the head coach when I'm not there. Don't you agree? You know, you, you've got to be, you know, and we've talked a lot about how to get that balance. I was talking with you about that. Like, she needs more coaches. And <laughs> a coach I know that shall remain nameless said her, her, that the coach she works with is kind of demanding that she's there all the time. And I just said, you know what? If anybody coaches with me, I take what they can give me. You know, if they can give me one day a week or give the team, not me, one day a week, I'll take it. If they could give me five, you know, five, great. But... I feel we all have busy lives, so if somebody's willing to do that, 
do it. Something else about getting competitive is building your coaching staff before you need them. I listened to this um, podcast for dance studio owners, and it made me think of coaching. Is because I hear, is there a coach around this area or that area? You got to be building your coaching staff before you need them. Look at alumni and plant that seed. Or kids, you could come back. You'd be a great coach. I've said that to so many kids. You would make a great coach someday. So remember to be planting that seed before you're, oh, my God, I don't have a coach, you know, because – And think about people that maybe have moved to your area. Put the word out with your kids. Be building your coaching staff before you need it. I I listened to a seminar by Joe Erdman, that Inside Out Coaching, and he he wrote a quote that I put on my wall, and it was, if you want to be a better coach, be a better you. And I think that means everything from your mental state (laughs) which sometimes gets affected by coaching, your physical fitness. I know, you know, under, during COVID, we were all under a lot of stress. What really helped me was to go do a bike class or a walk or, or do something that got that energy out, that negative energy. And I know my AD said with all that was going on with all the sports, if he didn't go work out in the morning, he'd think he'd, he'd have gone crazy. So I think we got to take care of ourselves too to be a good coach. Nick followed me around at practices. There he is. And it's embarrassing to see yourself on film, but I'm doing it just so you can see how I talk to my kids. Because I think people wonder, how do you talk to your kids? How do we, I'd love to see films of you guys. So anyway, here we go. Come up, go home tonight and look in your mirror and go, oh, this is my best face, you know. Uh, This is it. This is it right here. This is what I'm going for, you know. So more faces, more faces the whole time. Both you guys could work on that. Yeah, the whole time. That's what I'm goaling for you. Okay. Yes, we got this. Here we go. Timing, good faces. Good. Faces, good job. Good faces. The, the mode of the really day good. was faces. Really good job. Thank you for taking that extra time to get it. Okay, so... I do have days where I'm working on a certain thing, and I think you do too. I try to say, I try to let them know what we're working on, and that day happened to be faces. We were two weeks out from state when all these films were done. We did it for two days in a row. And, you know, I get in my kids' faces. We have some people up at the top watching our practices, and we have some people down on the floor. But we're, I like to be in their face, walking around. I feel if you're just sitting up there all the time, they're not going to work as hard. And you know how they try harder when you clap for them and notice them? So I try to walk around and do that. Those practices are from 7 to 9 at night, and usually I'm dead tired by that time, but I do it, you know. So um, I just think that, you know, I always talk about your energy is their energy. And if you don't have it, they're not going to have it. And if you don't have it, you got to fake it. And I had a swim coach. I was on swim team. And she would get on our bus, and she would read our, our pep-up speech like this. You got to swim to win. <laughs> you got to try. You know, and we were all back there just dying, almost ready to laugh. We're like, yeah, we're motivated now, you know. <laughs> but... So I want to think, are you, mo- you know, it, it became a joke. And my sister and I were both on swim team, and we still say it to each other. You got to swim <laughs> to win. You know, we're just like, okay. You guys, and it's so, like, we went one year from what place to what place? We went from fifth to third. And she's on second.
Yeah, they tied second. second. What year was that? Spiders. Spiders. That was that's crazy. why performances matter. And that's why at practice, we're after you so much because it's got to be automatic. You got to be a machine. The you know? top score right now is only three points ahead of us. That is nothing. We can do that. Like if everybody would fix one thing, that's 24 things right there. It's getting obsessed with fixing is, your details. So I'm just curious. Do you talk, do you talk strategy with your kids? You need to, and get their opinions on stuff, and get them in on it. I loved it when Macy piped in, yeah, we were only three points. They know. They watch the scores. I love that. They have to believe they can do it, and you have to believe in them, or they are not going to do it. You have to show them they can do it. So I have something I call my greatness agenda and for my team, and I have it like on my Google Drive, and I just have a greatness agenda 2021, 22, and if I think of something, it goes in there. Like if I think of something we need to work on, I put it in there because I'm gonna forget, you know? So if I see a video that inspires me, I put in there so I can show them, you know? And on COVID, I used a lot of those videos, you know, shared stuff like that. So, and sometimes it's just a stupid workout. Like um, I found all these like reindeer workouts and there's, there's for the different seasons, you know, that's one of the ways you can shake it up, but you have to believe they can do it so that they can do it. And I feel it's a decision to try to be better. It's a decision to try to get to the next level. It's not magic. It's a decision. So, and no decision is a decision. Right? So you really got to think about, are we going for this? And, you know, we talked at the total coaching thing. Say this again. When no bad teams are, nobody leads. Good teams are coaches leaving, elite teams, athletes lead, right? So I want you to really think about that this year, getting your kids to lead. I love that when we talked about that. So culture, um, being competitive comes down to your culture. And I love saying create a culture that kids will fight to be a part of. They want to be a part of your group so bad, they fight. And think about JV. I, you know, I, I put some time thinking about this, too. You know, I have, I have a couple, a, two seniors that are going to be on JV this year. I want it to be fun for them. I want it to be exciting. Are we analyzing scores for JV like we are for varsity? We should be. Do they always get the old costumes? Or do they ever get anything new? What does that do to your brain when you get the smelly costumes? Always, you know, I mean, and I know we can't always afford it, but varsity would probably be okay with old costumes mentally, but JV may not be, you know. You maybe could switch with another town to get them a new one that seemed new to them, just for mentally, yeah. Um, so think about for sure's on your team. I'm going to give you some on ours. Number one, strong working relationship with coach and athlete. And I like that you said that. They've got to feel comfortable coming to you. It has to feel like they're in on it because then they're going with you. If you are up here like, do this, do that, and you're the ego-controlling coach, it's not going to go well for you. you know? um, on our team, we commit and follow through. We are, we are a coachable athlete. We talk about being coachable. And ask your kids, are you thriving or surviving? They need to constantly be trying to get better. Are they thriving or surviving? Grit. You have to have grit. You Be proud of grit. You have to get your hands dirty. You have to push a little farther, dig a little deeper, and that's how you're going to get that confidence. So 
I, and something else that, that I tell everybody that works with us is lack of communication is filled in with negativity. Lack of communication is filled in with negativity. If you're not telling them, they're making up their own reason why. And so are the parents. So even though it may be the dumbest thing, communicate that you might think is nothing. And that's where you use your student leaders as a barometer for what's going on in the locker room and what's going on in the team. Then you can deal with it. And to be competitive, you got to be dealing with the stuff that's going on. And, you know, I always tell my kids, if you come tell me that I might not change it, but at least I can explain the why behind what we're doing. They need to know why you made this decision so they're not all mad at you, you know. And I think if you've been coaching a while, anybody that's been coaching a while, have you ever had a kid come back and say, oh, now I get it, why you did that? Yeah, they do. They come back and go, we didn't get why you did this. But maybe tell them why now. You know, they may not understand otherwise. So, okay, you've all heard me do this probably, but... Um, I just taught this down in Iowa and I had a team make up their own on this team we and I I did this um, with my kids one summer it was the year that like Sierra McKenzie Amy Shepard who's now coaching at Edina were seniors okay and I just said one day in the morning to get our kids to pull together on this seniors answer this question on this team we and they started filling it in so we have mutual respect we help our friends we hold our friends accountable and help them to be so. Stuff like waking up, being on time, um, being good outside of practice. They need someone that's telling them that. We have a strong work ethic. I won't read all of it, but we have high standards. Push hard. Have no excuses. We're goal-oriented. Do not let failure define us. I think that's really important. And the next one I think is really important that I learned this um, just not that long ago. I feel maybe four years ago. Every day is a big day. Every single day is a big day, not competition day. That should be just like every other day. The big days come before that, you know, and I used to do all this poems and crap at sections and all. I don't do that anymore. I want it to just be, you know, our ballet teacher says, you go in the fridge, you pour a glass of milk, you drink it, it's just another day. It's not, competition isn't different. And the more you make it all different, that's what hypes it up to be more they get more nerves you know is my opinion but failure is not an option eventually we will be successful if we hang in there it may not mean winning but it'll mean improving and excelling practice like you perform my little granddaughter's on the team right now and it's fun hearing it from her side and she said oh I'm nervous for the camp show and I said you know what Eva work your hardest at practice pretend you're there and then when you get there on Sunday you're gonna have been there already you know, if you, it's the lazy kids that are the most nervous at a competition. You know, like I told the, uh, we had the team building class, and I said, I don't think there's any kids that ever get to competition and go, oh, gee, I wish we wouldn't have worked so hard. I'm so ready. No, they don't. They're, they're happy that they did that. So um, then getting your kids to reach to that next level and, and be inspired, I actually added this video because Kristen Gagnon brought it up at the last camp. She goes, oh, you should put the video on where you had the girl, my name is Courtney. So we found it and stuck it on here. Meet Courtney. She made a decision to kick it into gear and improve her toe touch. As a coach, the one thing I always tell my kids is some of these skills you have to work on at home. It's imperative that you work extra at home to get 
better because we don't have the time in the confines of practice to work individually that much on your skills. And Courtney made a decision to get better. So have fun watching her first toe touch, like maybe when she's a sophomore and her one when she is a senior. And it'll kind of show you the difference. And Courtney's advice to young dancers would be, don't wait. She wishes she would have done it even younger It just takes that time outside of practice, but then you can enjoy your career more if you have your skills to the top of your field when you are young. So keep working and everyone can do it. It just takes that little extra effort. Think about what you could do for your kids to make a video like that. Took two seconds, you know, and they... That got so many views and it got kids watching and I have another one I'm going to want to make because I found... Some of you might remember Callie that was a... I don't think Callie's on camp staff. Anyway, she made St. Thomas, and she was really good. She was our captain. But she has a, a video of her doing a leg grab, and like she's like this, you know. She was maybe like eighth grade, and then it got just beautiful. And I, I just think so, because I think some of these kids look at the older kids and are jealous. Like, why am I not that good? You got to show them. They work to get there. So I think, like, you know, dangling that carrot is important. It'd be kind of interesting if we all tried to do that and maybe put a compilation together of this is what it took to get there because I think it's easy to be jealous and go, oh, I'm so jealous of them. They're so good. Well, no, they worked their butts off and you haven't seen that progress coming through. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of jealousy with kids. They think it's instant. They think it should just happen. And, yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. So just some norms on your team. You know, we have so many. But one that I watched the other day and I said to our kids, you guys, you know, this isn't normal. I don't think every studio does this. You can tell me if it is. Our kids, Allie's got them in a habit where when they're doing across the floors and they get like about over here, they back up so they can get one more in. Does every studio do that? I'm just curious. They do. Our kids just, it's, and one or two started doing it because they were driven and wanted to get one more in. Now our whole team does that every time. You don't quit and walk to the corner, and they used to do that. And we got them to start backing up. So that's just a norm. I think body language needs to be a norm, too. And we go around and do a lot of private camps. And before I have somebody come in to do one with my team, I give them a little speech because I've had my camp staff come back and say, ooh, this team was hard to work with. Think about this if you're teaching them. And what that says to everybody. And you guys that have been on camp staff know what I'm talking about. You know, Terry Lilly used to have a saying, there she sits. You know, somebody that wouldn't get up and do it, you know. But think about, they should be like this. I took a group to New York one summer that were not my kids. And I hauled them out in the hall and said, you guys, you can't treat the teacher like that. You've got to be nodding. And you've got to be, you know, responsive and have better body language. And that will carry through, you know, if anyone's a school teacher, that carries into the classroom big time. You know, you want your kids to be nodders. I think one of the things that happened to us is we started scoring so high early in the year with jazz that we kind of got complacent a little bit. I mean, do you agree? And now we're playing catch up. And I, I reached out because I'm like, I just feel like our scores aren't where they are. And they go, well, you're not right where you think you are. So we have to play catch up. If we want to be there, we've got to push, okay? And I think everybody's getting a little pouty when they get told something. Maybe I'm misreading that, but you got to go, okay, coach, I'm going to work on it because... We're fixing you to fix so that we can be where we want to be at state, right? So right now, nobody should be sticking out, and if you are, you should be a little paranoid, you know? And, and if you get told something, go after it. I reach out to alumni, and I have them watch our film and go, tell us like it is. We want to hear it. And I, 
I'll send it to all different people. Sometimes if we, and, and we perform at like, for instance, a competition, I may get five alumni to do voice memos while they're watching us, you know? And then I put them in band and the kids all get to listen to them. You know, girl fourth from the left, your kick was late, or you know, you were off on your turn set. And, you know, they hear it from someone else. It's easy for me then. So sometimes I, I kind of um, tell them what I want them to say. <laughs> You know, so to speak. I don't always, but like if it's something we're really working on and I want them to see that other people notice it. So it's handy, you know, it's really handy. And have another coach do it for you sometime. Watch our video, give us feedback, tell it like it is. I want to hear it. So scores, video, all that. Um, for judges, I'm just going to say, and you know, I reached one of the time the judges were here at camp and we were trying to get them to be us to be more. Competitive, they said, show ambidexterity, force the left, turns, kicks, get off the wolf. Don't stay in the middle of the floor. Get to one end, get to the other end. Don't walk anywhere. However, I don't agree that this... I agree, I agree with you. Yeah, they say you can't walk anywhere, but then I see teams winning that are walking everywhere. So I, I don't know. That's just a thing. But, you know, how could you get somewhere without walking? Jump, cartwheel, roll, ponies, PKs, shunnies, grapevines, step cross, you know, all this stuff, crawl. Like the year we did Little Black Spiders, we crawled because we wanted to be a spider. Think what your music sounds like and could you do anything differently? Um, get your kids watching videos, stunts, and cool visuals. That's going to help you. So, um, so much to do, so little time. So that's, that's the feeling you need to have at practice, this urgency that they have so much to get done that you, you just have it jam-packed in there. I love the idea of a checklist, and if we get done, go home early, you know. The other thing I really say is um, make sure you're utilizing your last 15 minutes. That's so important, and I get guilty of it. You start shutting down mentally, and you're like, oh, it's almost time to go home. No, use that last 15 minutes. What could you kill in that last 15 minutes? What could you do? And it's interesting today. I stopped at the studio. Our kids were practicing this morning, and I stopped to get more ice bags, because we ran out already. And um, they, were, they seemed to be pushing harder than normal. And all of a sudden I realized, it's because we only had a 45 minute practice today. So I started going, so I asked kids, do you think kids save themselves? Because I could see a bigger push. And of course I asked the captains, they're like, no, we never say, and I go, I'm asking the wrong people. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because they would never save themselves. But I think some kids are like, okay, if it, I think of myself, if I was at a workout and I knew I had to do it for two hours, I may pace myself a little and not push that hard. So it's something to think about. Once in a while, would a shorter practice be better? I think so after today, because all of our coaches, I said, you guys, they're pushing so much harder. It could be two days till camp, you know, but um, things that, that I feel is being consistent so that you can be counted on, that you start on time. I was a band geek, and my band director, he would sit and watch the clock, and when the second hat, hand hit 12 noon, I still remember that, it's like 40 million years ago, and he'd go like this, and we'd play C on 12 o'clock noon. We knew we were going to start on time. It was discipline. And we didn't talk, he didn't speak, it was just what we did every day. So think about that. Do your kids know what to expect? Are you consistent? Are you there? You know, uh, eliminate chatter, expect 100%, and if you're moving fast, they're going to talk less. The more you have downtime and they go, what should we do next, what should we do, that's when the chatter starts. So usually if I need to figure something out choreography-wise, I get somebody else keeping it going 
so that that it doesn't shut down or give them a break you know that you're better to give them a break than let them sit and chat um, add some variety try to stay positive I love their positive words so how do you balance it all? You guys can help me with this too, but alternating days, um, it depends on your situation because some teams, like, we have to do all jazz one day because we don't have the, you know, if kids cross over teams or if your facility doesn't help, you might have to do a jazz day, a kick day, a jazz day, a kick day. Some programs go jazz first, kick second, then the next day kick first, jazz second, however you do it, but just making sure you you plan it or your favorite style tends to take over like your I, I don't know or your do you agree I, it, it's hard you have to structure it out so that you're giving enough time to certain things now um, those little dumb schedules are when I have it exactly we have jump rope for vertical jump training just different things we're going to do we call CLC cardio busters. One day when they did really bad at the CLC meet, the next day we made up something called cardio busters. CLC cardio busters. So it was fun. No, no, it wasn't. You'll also find there's certain days of the week where they, I found out like we do the late night on Monday. Tuesday's always our weakest practice because they're tired from Monday. So I kind of go in knowing, you know, we're going to have to maybe do some different things that day. You know, that'd be a good day to watch film or... You know, by the way, watch film. I, I was into using band all the time and letting the kids watch it themselves. It, it is not as good as you putting it on a big screen and going, who's this, who's that, let's fix that. Have I told you ever, I probably have, that one day I did it, um, one of our dancers' moms is the teacher that we would watch the film in her room. She's a grade school teacher. We practiced at the grade school. And she used to be on my team, so she was an alumni, and we were watching it, and she goes, my God, you got to get the parents to watch this. And I go, what? And she goes, I learned what you're looking for here. And she goes, I used to dance. She said, they don't get it, you know. So I did it. I watched film with the parents and critiqued their kids while they were listening. It was scary. But what was funny is one of the girls had fallen, and it was at, like, sections or something. It was at a big meet. And the, everybody kept focusing on the fall. And I said, the fall is not our, that wasn't the end all for us. You know, if a judge really wants you there and you have a kid fall, they're going to probably bump your points up somehow, I feel. I don't know. But I mean, it should count, obviously. But there was so much other stuff off that was bugging me that the fall wasn't my focus. It might have been kick timing or, you know, different things. So I think parents, it really helped with one girl that didn't make varsity jazz cut. And she was a senior. And I said to all the parents, I won't say her name, but, you know, Joe Schmo is our best technical turner on the team. And she's not dancing because we can't get her to time it. But I said, technically, if you watched her by herself, she has the best feet. She has such ballet technique. But I can't put her in as much as I want to because I can't get her to time. And I saw her mom sitting there just... And it, she kind of got tears on her face, but it made her happy that she was recognized for being good. So I think that communication is important, too. So, okay, now I'm on to this grid that I use, and I will share this with anybody. I'm adding a new column called feet, but I do a, this is just part of it, but I, anything I hear, like, like Allie added, like that class yesterday was thebomb.com. I'm adding all those in here, the strength ones. 
And then I print these out in my notebook and mix and match what I want to do every week so that we go through different things. You know, then if I'm there one day and somebody else is there, they can go, oh, she did that on Monday. You know, so I love this, but it's, I just call it the power hour. Way back to a staff I had named Elise Gosh, who coached at um, Nebraska. She created the power hour originally, and it was good because you just, you just go through that and you can add your workouts all together. So, um, Next, thinking about how to teach, how to move fast, be descriptive, make sure you're not going so fast. I get in trouble from my assistants that I go too fast and don't get the details down. So I'm trying very hard because once they have the bad habits, it's hard to get them back. Um, I just feel like when people teach, they can't go, like if, if Heather's teaching and Lily's demoing or watching, she, Lily can't go to Heather and say, you, we, when we made this up, we did it this way. You got to keep moving, and it's got to be a united front because that's when the kids start taking over. And if you have that going on at your practice, you need to change that. I feel like using a formation app is ha helpful if you haven't used one, and having a blueprint or a write-up, a schematic of the team is great. If your kids aren't loud enough teaching, turn your music down. People watching our video this week, so get ready. Figure if we get one tip from each person, it's points, right? So the person that watched our video also said that when we do our attitude. That's, she said some people are very controlled and some people look like they're flailing. It's kind of what we've been saying. She didn't specifically say who, but you kind of got to check yourself, watch your video and go, I'm a flailer, right? Have your assistant coaches, if you're a head coach, give you some tips if they need to. Assistant coaches, ask your head coach, what could I do better? You know, and if you open that door and communicate that with each other, because I said to, to Julie one day, I go, Julie, if you think I need to retire, I'm getting too old, just tell me, you know, I will go. <laughs> I go, I don't want to be that coach that's there with the cane, you know. <laughs> if you think I'm too old, and she goes, okay, I will. I go, she goes, I will tell you when you, you know, because you don't want to be washed up and like, you know. So anyway, but if certain, it, Sometimes if they ask what they can do, it's easier to say it. You know, maybe do this. Find your, find your niche in your group. Like, are you the organized one? Are you the counter? Are you the choreographer? Are you the, you know, we've found a great balance with our coaches, and it's just a beautiful thing when it happens. There's been years where I've had frustration, where I didn't feel an assistant coach was carrying her weight, and it gets frustrating. Like, it was just like showing up and doing the fun, and sometimes you get frustrated. So ask each other. Ask each other what you can do. Um, and your JV coach, oh my gosh, so important. So important. Because that's where the basics get done. That's where the building for the next years come from. You know, I get really proud. Our, our JV coach, she used to be varsity many years ago. Now she does JV and I, she just pushes those kids. I see a marked difference since she took over our JV they're just pushed and they care and they love her and they have community. It's a great thing. So JV coaches don't ever say I'm going down to JV or I'm only the JV coach because your job is so important and it, it's just great. So um, have someone evaluate you as a coach. Film yourself. You find out stuff. Yeah, that you say. And so, okay, little details. Back to basics is so important. I, I had a girl complaining at something that at our studio that she had to go back to basics and she knows how to do a triple or a, I said, the U of M goes back to basics, honey. I think you can handle it. You know, you got to get every, especially if you have kids coming from every studio, you have to find out how do we turn or how do we do this? Uh, documenting, 
what you, at the end of the practice, what did you not get done? Write it down because you will forget. Um, keeping your to-do list, a monthly one and a weekly one and a daily one. Refer back to it. Um, if you've coached a while, you use certain things every year. How about getting them all done ahead of time at the beginning of the year? Like we do all these corny silver slippers and, you know, grit things and different handouts that I give them. Wouldn't that be cool to have them in a box ready to go for the whole year all the way to state? And then you'd be like, okay, I need this today. It's done already. It would just save you when the stress is going to happen. Have I been on it more this year? Yeah, I've been trying to push in the summer. Like our team pins for our moms are coming tomorrow. We usually get them in November. And it's just like good. It feels good. I'm kind of like, yeah, that I'm trying to save. We're trying to rhinestone in the summer instead of like the night before the competition. So anything... <laughs> You know, choreography is huge. You know, getting it done early. I feel like that's where you guys always get us. <laughs> Being honest, because you guys are more prepared going in than we are. And we feel that, and we later usually catch up. Like by state, we tied scores. You probably don't even know that. But earlier, <laughs> earlier in the year, they got us every time, you know. So find out. But sometimes peaking later is good. you got to find out what works for your team. And, you know, when you've been coaching a while, it, it is funny at the leadership meeting the other day or the captain meeting, one meeting, I've had so many minutes, I can't remember. It might have been the culture one where, tell me if I'm wrong, where kids said that they, they want the coach to listen to their ideas and whatnot. And I'm sitting there going, uh, been there, done that. And if it doesn't work, I'm not going to waste a day of time. And I didn't say that to her, but I did say it to the other kid when she said, we wish our coach would share all the key spots and front row. And I'm like, no, I go, sorry, but it's not telling them why exactly. And you need to tell your kids because that's something that came up at this camp. And she's like, well, I think our coach should let everybody be in the front row, take turns, and, and I'm like, nah, 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 nah. And handled it very well. I, 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 I tried to be, you know, well. I just said, okay, I'm just going to risk making you, you know, and I just said, it's not Little League. It's not Little League. It's not fair and equal. It's going to be, you're trying to win, so you got to put who's best in there. And then I talked about the um, toe touch and turn contest. I said, next week, I have a seventh grader doing toe touches because she's awesome. Why would I put my bad kid just to take turns, you know, right? So I, I don't know. But that's communication again. you got to tell them why you're doing that. So um, next is empowering leaders. I'm guilty that I do too much and don't let my um, assistant coaches take charge as much. So I'm trying to back off Jack. I'm trying to give them more power. And, like, we split up days. Like, Terry's really good at weights and strengthening. So that's her day. She has to be ready. She has to do it. You know, and then the other day might be this. Give people jobs if you're the head coach and don't think you have to do everything. But then be ready, assistants. So divide and conquer. Captains need to take responsibility, too. But you have to lead them. The time you spend outside of your practice with your captains will be well worth your time. So, um, yeah, assign everything to practice have a downtime person. When you guys were looking at scores, have you been looking at scores? Where do we compare to the strong section on? So all I'm saying is if you want to be top six, you've got to just push. And you've got to, there's too many come and go faces. So that's one of our goals. The other thing is just nailing stuff, like every time. And, and really being coachable. Like taking everything we tell you and fixing it. Some people... Who are you saying you told something to the other day and she fixed it the next time through? Aubrey Metz. Aubrey Metz. 
and then there's some people we tell it to a hundred times, you know. And, and and I understand it takes sometimes people longer to get stuff, you know. But but if it's a little detail thing, I feel like that's where I, like I don't want to keep telling you the same little detail thing over. Sometimes and over. we give up, and we don't we don't want to give up on stuff, right? You don't want us to give up on you, do you? Okay, so we're gonna keep harping. All right. When you ask them if they want you to keep harping, then it gives you the, you know, that's again communication. So, right, um, making a difference, just, just think about that, that you're coaching more than just dancing and it, that's what keeps you going, right? Coaching for the right reasons. And um, the last thing is I always bring it in at the end of practice always and get them going for the next day. What's our next day goal? What are we gonna do? And some wrap up time and, and it will keep it happening. Yeah, was this helpful? I know it's not rocket science, but. Thanks for listening to Anything But Routine. If you like the podcast, subscribe and give us a rating. We'll see you next time.